Hello and welcome to Christmas Clatter, the monthly podcast that discusses Christmas news, entertainment, gifts, decorating, and everything that makes Christmas special. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Email us at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website, christmasclatterpodcast.com. Leave a voicemail or a text at 573-290-2477. And remember, voicemails may be used in a future episode. Hello again, I'm Todd Killian and thanks for joining me here on Christmas Clatter. It's the first episode of 2020. I pray that you all had a great Christmas and New Year. I, for one, normally I'm not too excited about the new year, but for some reason this year, switching from 2019 to 2020, I don't know what it was, but just have this sense of optimism about 2020. Uh, had a real excitement over the new year. It was kind of a stirring inside myself. I couldn't really pin it down on any one thing. Don't have any evidence to base it on. It's just, it was nice for a change to be excited for the new year. I couldn't really remember last time I was that excited for the change in the year. Not that I grumble about the change in the year but as you get older it's just becomes another night and another thing but it was kind of nice to to have that new year excitement rekindled i know some of you guys are still suffering from some christmas blues some missing christmas and that christmas countdown calendar is impossible to look at with all the days left and i just want to encourage you guys to instead of counting down to christmas let's just count down to leon day for those that don't know, Leon Day is the 25th of June because uh, about a month before Leon Day, stores will put Christmas decorations out, but usually up high and not for sale. But you can walk through the stores and see them. I know Hobby Lobby does that and a few others. And then once Leon Day hits or even just before Leon Day, all the Christmas stuff is down for those crafters to buy and to start getting ready for their Christmas craft fairs and things and and then it's Christmas in July and Hallmark releases their ornaments and they run their Christmas movies. And then it's the beginning of school and football season and and the air starts turning cool in the fall. And then it's Halloween and then Thanksgiving. And, it, and then before you know it, we're in the midst of it all. So let's just get to Leon Day and, and uh, not pay attention to that countdown to Christmas so closely just yet. Uh, speaking of Christmas in July, Silver Screen Events is hosting a Christmas in July convention on July 24th, 25th, 26th. I'll be there uh, taking part in all that they have to offer and for more information on that. And for more information on that, visit silverscreenevents.com. Something new to Christmas Clatter podcast. If you'd like to support Christmas Clatter, it's as simple as buying a cup of coffee. There is a website called coffee, but it's ko-fi.com. The website's to support independent podcasters and artists and such by simply making a $3 donation to them, basically buying them a cup of coffee. There's no monthly commitment or anything like that, but just a way to show a little financial support to people you may enjoy. For anybody that buys a cup of coffee for Christmas Clatter Podcast, I will send you a Christmas card and some podcast stickers. And another great way to support the podcast is just simply leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, any of the podcast apps that allow you to review, and even a five-star review on Facebook is fantastic as well. And you will receive a Christmas card for any five-star review you leave. 
If you leave a review on Apple Podcast, I just ask that you email me or direct message me on Facebook to let me know uh, so I can get that out to you. And something new coming this year to Christmas Clatter. I'm going to tease it very briefly here. There'll be much, much more information as the year rolls along and as we roll into Christmas 2020. So this will be a brief teaser of what it's going to be. And a a thing we're going to bring to you guys that you can take part in called the Evergreen Wish. So stay tuned for that to see what it's all about. Today on Christmas Clatter, I have a special Christmas conversation lined up uh, with Anthony from Tis the Podcast. I spoke with him, I guess, last week or so when this was recorded. So if if you're caught up on all the podcasts, that some of it will sound like old information, but you know, scheduling and things, it was kind of necessary to do that. But uh, I had a great talk with him about the podcast and things. And here's my Christmas conversation with Tiz the Podcast Elf, Anthony Caruso. Welcome, Anthony, and thanks for joining me here on Christmas Clatter. Thanks for having me. I'm oh. excited. Oh, yeah. For the people that don't know, I've uh, become friends with Anthony mainly through his uh, podcast he does with uh, two other co-hosts uh, called Tis the Podcast. It comes out weekly, and it talks about the Christmas movies, Christmas specials, and uh, for lack of a better term, I was a super fan for a while and, and got to know him and Tom and Julia from the podcast and, and through the wonders of social media and podcasting, became friends with him and, and invited him on to talk about the podcast and, and anything else that comes up. Um, I just can't wait to use this interview <laughs> as proof to Tom that I am the best because I was the first one who got to guest star on your show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can definitely use it and I'm sure he'll put his own spin on it. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll put his own spin on it too yeah. when he's invited on. Yeah. Maybe the best for last kind of kind of take on there. <laughs> don't don't so, give him ideas. How uh, about I, I put him in the middle? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. So, Anthony, you you live in New York, and Tom and Julie are in Oklahoma. So how does oh, a yeah. guy? So how does three strangers get together to do a podcast on Christmas movies and Christmas specials? So that's an interesting question, and. I'm I'm kind of excited to talk about the origin of the podcast because I was thinking about this and I'd be curious to hear Tom and Julia's takes when they're eventually on the show because I want to mm-hmm. know if we have different memories about how this started. Uh-huh. I'll uh I I will 100 I'll fully take credit that this po- that Tis a podcast is my brainchild but it would not have ever come to fruition even, let alone what it's become without Tom and Julia. Um, So I don't even know how much of this background Tom and Julia know themselves, but I have always wanted to do a podcast, specifically like a movie TV podcast, because I'm a huge movie and television buff in general, let alone Christmas. Uh Um, There have been times that I've started made attempts to start shows with mm-hmm. local friends. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of none of us has a drive to keep doing it consistently. So you put out two or three episodes and then it's just like, eh, I'm bored with this. Nobody's holding your feet to the fire. 
you know, we didn't have websites or anything to really get it out there. So it's like, eh, what's the point? So I kept dropping it. Mm-hmm. Then one day in the summer of 2017, when I was browsing Reddit, the Christmas subreddit, I was thinking to myself, man, it would be cool to do a Christmas movie podcast year round as an attempt to keep the Christmas spirit alive year-round for people who are obsessed with the holiday, like myself. And initially, I approached my wife about doing one with me, uh-huh. and which is funny in retrospect, because anybody who listens to my show knows that Sarah is not nearly as into Christmas as I am, and plus she wouldn't. She would feel awkward in front of the microphone and stuff, so she had no interest. So it's like, okay. So I was going to give up on it, but there was something about it, the idea that I was like, eh, maybe I'll just post in the Christmas subreddit and see if anyone's interested. And that's exactly what I did. And almost immediately, like, he must have been on Reddit at the same time, Tom answered me back saying he'd be down. And um, he actually wasn't the only one who messaged few other people did too but he was the most enthusiastic about it and he was the first and um then the moderator deleted the post in christmas in the christmas Uh subreddit because there is one specific moderator in that subreddit who does not like self-promotion or anything like that at all Uh, so me and tom had set up a you know basically a skype face-to-face to to talk Mm -hmm. about you know, my idea and flesh out ideas and stuff. And uh, we got along really well. You know, the the basic concept was always there. I had been inspired by Hark Podcast, uh-huh. which um, for those who don't know, they talk about Christmas music and keep an ongoing Christmas music canon list and where every version of every Christmas song ranks on the list. So that was the idea for, that was the inspiration for my idea of reviewing every Christmas movie and television show and ranking them. So, but the one thing me and Tom agreed on almost right away, well, we agreed on a lot of aspects of the show, but the important thing we agreed on right away is we wanted a female voice on the show Mm -hmm. too. Because I was like, I said, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I always enjoy when there's at least one person of each gender on the show because mm-hmm. they add different perspectives. Right. And I was like, you know, we don't need two, we don't need two women to balance this out, but we need at least one. Mm-hmm. So he's, he agreed and we both agreed to go looking for a woman. And there were a few on Reddit who are interested, but none of them wanted to make the commitment. And then, Tom said he might know somebody and he set up a phone call between myself, himself and Julia Mm -hmm. who he knew through crafting circles in Mm -hmm. Oklahoma. She seemed very cool on the phone. She was very talkative and stuff. And I remember on the phone, like these guys are great. Like they're they're just like very outgoing, very talkative. Like I'm the quiet shy one. Like these two are going (laughs) to run away with it. I'm going to be. And uh, yeah, so she was down. She was ready to make the commitment despite having four kids, by the way, she's like superwoman. And um, 
Yeah, and yeah, so the next thing I know, a few weeks later, we're recording our first episode. <laughs> when I think about how lucky, well, not only me, the show in general was, like, a podcast in general, it's just like a TV show or movie, mm-hmm. you need good chemistry between right. everyone, and the fact that I just randomly happened to find Tom, and he happened to know Julia, and the three of us had... And I think it's clear on the show, we kind of had that instant chemistry almost. Mm-hmm. And we became closer, obviously, as the show went on, which I think is evident in the episodes. But the fact that from the beginning we had a clear chemistry, I think it was very, very lucky. And um, yeah, then the rest is history. Yeah, it, definitely having that chemistry is tough. When I first started the Christmas Clatter, me and my wife tried to do it and me and my wife can talk all day long, but we sit us in front of a couple of microphones and hit record and we're just looking at each other, you know, like, what do we say next? You know? So and that, that's what I find with a lot of people. Yeah. Like even like I said in the past, I tried with close friends, like just general uh-huh. movie podcasts uh-huh. and me and my friends could talk till we're blue in the face about movies. We're uh-huh. giant nerds and many put a microphone in. It's almost like you're trying to sound smarter than you actually are trying to make points and like even though you have that natural chemistry it's almost like something clicks inside of you where you're trying to be somebody you're not i like i almost find in a way like because tom and julia at the time were strangers Mm -hmm. to me and they weren't that close they just knew each other right it was that fact that it was a show that brought us close and that allowed us to be more natural with one another right if that makes sense yeah yeah, for, for anybody that, that's not familiar with Tis Podcast, if you go back to the first episode, you get about five episodes in and you can just really see that things kind of just take off from there. You know, cause well, we had, sorry. <laughs> because it's just, you know, you have that general feel out, feeling everybody, and now you guys just harass each other like brothers and sisters, and and it, it's hilarious, you know. And, and I, I could tell that you guys are doing it up on video because you, you guys are reading each other's faces and you just, you just know what's going to, what they're going to say or what they're thinking just by the looks on their face. Well, (laughs) so yeah, I would say, right. So if you go back and listen to those early episodes, I mean, the format was always there, but definitely Uh became more refined by episode five or six, but Uh it, it was a growing process because if you listen to those first four episodes up until Arthur Christmas, which, I know you're a fan of, but <laughs> and up until that episode, I had I had kind of been the lead host on every uh-huh. one, and when we got to that one, I was like, I can't host this. I don't have anything to say about this film. One of you can host it. And Tom was like, well, I don't want to host it. So Julia hosted it. And three minutes into her talking, Tom messages me on Slack and he's like, dude, she's really good. And I was like, yeah, she is. And that was mm-hmm. kind of the first time we decided, okay, we'll split up that main hosting duty. So mm-hmm. now we host, I wouldn't even say the episodes or movies we want to host. Right. <laughs> I mean, we definitely grab dibs on some ones we want, but mm-hmm. we're at a point now, two and a half years in, where there are definitely more bad content than good content. So we uh, share that wealth with one another. And um but I know I joked about Tom at the beginning of this interview. I love the guy to death. Uh, People could call him the worst, jokingly. Uh, but there would be no show if it wasn't for Tom. He found uh, Julia. 
he he was the one who really set up all of our social medias and websites and everything. He's our tech guru and he does all of our merchandise and stickers. Like the guy puts in like so much to the show, so much blood, sweat and tears. And the guy's awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I have a computer question, I'll message Tom and be like, Hey, I got this going on. Do you have a fix for me? And he'll he'll shoot. (laughs) You get back with me. (laughs) Another Another great thing about your podcast, there's three of you and with families and with work commitments and you do it every week. I think you've only had one episode where one of you were missing, which is, I think there was one episode without Tom, maybe. Yes. And that was this past year. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing. So that was a conscious decision. We decided early on that the three of us couldn't be on Mm -hmm. like the main show. Mm-hmm. Like not Patreon. If the if uh, the three of us couldn't be on, we would either skip a week, or double up the next week, or something. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the three of us realize like the, and we see it in the reviews we get, and messages we get from people that the chemistry is what seems to make the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason we did that one without Tom, we originally had something else scheduled there. He couldn't make it. We didn't want to miss a week. And a listener pointed out we had missed one Parks and Rec episode that we didn't cover in our Parks and Rec episode. (laughs) So we were just like, why don't we just do it? It's That'll be like 10 minutes of conversation. And then we could just talk about Avengers Endgame, which Tom hadn't seen. So we're like, and he was fine with that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was definitely, that was once in two and a half years now. And hopefully the only time it'll ever happen. Yeah. Like I said, that's, that's a amazing run because to, you know, I just do my podcast monthly and it's such a co- commitment to do, to be able to commit to every week like that is. So, so can I ask you about that? Yes. Because you do it solo. And I mean, for those listening, they probably know all about the other Christmas podcast <laughs> shows. A, a few of you guys do it solo. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know, like even with three of us, the editing and the social uh-huh. media and just, you know, the contests we run and Patreon and stuff, uh-huh. it's a hassle. So I don't know. How do you do it? Like one guy, my hardest thing and and I envy you guys in this is you guys can make a list of movies, 52, a list of 52 movies. And you could say you got the year covered. Mm-hmm. And I have to sit here and, and uh, I'm not complaining, but I have to sit here and think, what am I going to talk about this month? You know, and what's, what's on my mind this month? What do I, you know, and come up with a subject to talk about and kind of find a guest or find, you know, a lot of people like the memories I share and you try to think of a memory that, that comes to mind. And so I do a lot of writing and typing and I am no writer at all. I'm I just, I basically, not a lot of work, like hard work, but it's just a lot of just grinding and grinding and grinding until it's something I can put out there and, and be happy with. So. Well, it's, it, it's interesting because like we've had Tim Babb of Can't Wait for Christmas uh-huh. uh, guest host once for our Mickey's Christmas Carol episode. Uh-huh. And he's another solo podcaster who's used to doing right. it alone. Right. And uh, I guess now he's used to doing it alone. He's not used to dealing with awkward silences. Right. Like, even though the three of us are very comfortable with one another now, there will be times like when you get to the end of a conversation, the three of us, especially if sometimes there's a little lag, we're just waiting to see if it's done or not, which can mm-hmm. lead to an awkward silence. 
And I think uh, Tim seemed a little unnerved about that the few times it happened <laughs> when we were recording that episode. He was like, oh, silence. Not really used to that on mine. And we were like, yeah. Yeah, Tim's, Tim's mind seems to run about 100 miles an hour anyway. So I messaged, yep. him, I messaged him one time. I was like, he's like, uh, I'm still typing out my episode. It's going to be released in like three hours or something like that. It's like, <laughs> but when I record mine, I, I joke, I say I, I record like William Shatner because it, I have a lot of breaks in there where I have to stop and think of, because even though a lot of my stuff is written out, I don't want it to sound like I'm just reading from a page. Right. I'm, I'm not that great of a narrator for one. You know, I'm not like James Earl Jones where I could read the phone book and everybody would listen. And so, uh, none <laughs> of us are James Earl Jones. That know. voice is one so, in a million. So I'll record a lot like this here and then I'll go back and edit all my pauses out. <laughs> so it sounds like one fluid sentence <laughs> and that's a little painstaking, but that's a, a first that's how i did it i'm i'm not near as bad now getting used to speaking in the microphone and and learning to to um pause and reset so i can go back if the take the first take was bad and just cut it out and and that's uh, that's what we do too we we got like if you listen to our early episodes well not so much listen to them if you listened to our uncut early episodes there are lots of ums and uhs and pauses and stuttering and so it took a long time to edit those early ones. Right. And, that, and now, I mean, editing's still time-consuming, but mm-hmm. there's nowhere near as many, like, yeah. ums, uhs, like, we do, so at least that makes it slightly easier. Yeah. Well, when I'm looking at the, the computer screen and I, have, I see the, the visual of the voice and it's got all the wave lines in there, I know what an and um looks like just by, uh, yeah. the, by the shape now. And I could Do you use Audacity <laughs> or GarageBand? Audacity. I so. Maybe you'll have to give me a tutorial on that one day because people seem to prefer Audacity, but I've tried to use it. I can't wrap my head around it. I, we yeah. use GarageBand. Yeah. Well, I don't have an Apple. I have a Windows machine, so it's kind of. Oh, that's was, that's problem. That's problem number one for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Audacity was my only hope. So you, what did you think when you co-hosted an episode of Tisipatica? Well. I really, I really liked it, but the the problem I had is I'm so used to sitting and listening to you guys. At times, I just thought I was just listening to another podcast. I'm like, oh, I'm on this too. I might, I might want to say something. You know, why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, know. I did. I, 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 I laugh when I think about that episode because one, you picked the movie, and we just all completely tore into it. Oh, I, I did anyway. I expected that. You know, at at the time, I wasn't expecting to come in and be praised for bringing you guys this wonderful piece of cinema. It's just, it was one I liked, you know? But then, um, I also think back, <laughs> and this goes to how hard it is when you have so many people on the podcast to schedule it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we probably for two months kept saying this, do it this week, this week, this week. And then, <laughs> kept jerking it around just because things kept happening. Kids kept getting sick or we kept getting sick or work or it's a pain. Yeah. But you'll have to come back at some other point. Oh, definitely. Tom, Tom messaged me not long ago and he's like, you got, you want to come back? I'm like, anytime, just got to give me 10 minutes notice and I'll be on. So I want you, but we want you back and I want Jerry Devilla back. They do too. 
Jerry but was like, fantastic. I already know. Like, I'm bringing him in for the Seinfeld episode because uh, Julia and Tom, we were supposed to do a Festivus episode this past year for Festivus, uh, and uh, Julia couldn't make it. And she said, you guys could do it without me. I don't like Seinfeld anyway. But we were like, no, this is three of us. Yeah. So we didn't end up recording it. So I'm hoping for Festivus 2020, that's when we'll do the episode. And now that I know it's going to be two against one, I'm thinking I may have to, because Jerry Davila recommended doing the Seinfeld ones to, to begin with, I may have to drag him on to uh, get some somebody in my corner like he was for Rankin Bass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, after Jerry was on on your episode, I, I can't remember if I left him a comment on the post or messaged him or something. But I'm like, Jerry, what are you doing? You need to get a podcast. You were so much fun to listen to. And he just I was. I thought he was working on one. Is he still working on it? It was supposed to uh, drop this past Christmas. I well, thought if if it did, I haven't seen it. No, it well, no, no, it di- it didn't. But I thought okay. that's. I thought I wasn't sure if he was oh, still working on it or not. Yeah. That, well, it took me. From the time I'd had the idea of doing the podcast to my first episode, it was three months, I believe, you know, trying to hash it out. And then, uh, you know, I didn't have any kind of microphones or equipment or anything. And I recorded one episode. What, well, what I did is I recorded my first episode and I just sent it straight to Brian Earl from Christmas Past. And I'm like, here, listen to this. And uh, he, he was so kind. He's like, why don't you make these changes here? And so I re-recorded. Oh, that's it awesome. And, and, well, and yeah. I should I should point out about Brian Earl too. He was he reached out to us when we started our show too, and offered, mm-hmm. and he said if we ever need help or anything like mm-hmm. that, or advice, or if we ever wanted him to guest host or whatever, come mm-hmm. on as a guest. He he was and he still is very like welcoming and helpful, oh. and he, he's awesome. I love yeah. Brian. Oh yeah, I, I I'm we message back and forth several times a week and I, he's designed all my artwork and my logos. He's helped me with my website and I can't thank him enough. He, I've leaned on him so much getting this off the ground that like you were saying about Tom, if it wasn't for Brian, I, this Christmas clatter wouldn't, wouldn't be happening right now. Cause I, right. I don't, I don't have the ability to do any of that stuff. And I'm, that's one thing I've loved about this uh, podcasting is there's just so many different things to learn and do that, that, I would have no other reason to do them except for having a podcast, you know, just having that opportunity to learn something new, just kind of keeps your mind fresh and keeps you on your toes. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, uh, it's, it's, it's been a real treat. That's for sure. And got to meet so many different people from re- literally all across the world, which is blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, when, when, when we started out and we've mentioned this on the show a few times, well, first of all, when I told Sarah, my wife, we were doing this show. She was like, that's such a niche subject. Like, mm-hmm. are you going to even get a lot of listeners? And I was like, probably not. And to be honest, Tom, Julia, and myself didn't think we were. We were like, you know what? If one person is listening and downloading, we'll still do it because we have fun talking. Mm-hmm. We get along, you know, what the heck? You know, we're nerds anyway. We like talking about movies. Let's just do it. And then we, we launched in August of 2017, which is not probably not the best month to launch a Christmas podcast, <laughs> dead, dead summer. Yeah. But uh, I launched in May, so May of last year. So. Getting some, at least I was closer to the Burr month. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
we were surprised even then how many downloads we got. Mm-hmm. Like peanuts, obviously, compared to what we get now. But right. just then we were like, oh, wow, this probably has the potential to grow a lot. And now we are overwhelmed by how many countries people listen mm-hmm. to us in. And it's incredible. Like uh, it took off beyond what we ever expected. Yeah. I was blown away too because, you know, my, my download numbers aren't – I'm not even a year in They're They're not crazy, but I was surprised about, in my opinion, how well they are. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, it's a lot of friends and family. And then you start looking at the stats and it's like, no, it's not. It's people finding you and the countries and things like that. And, you know, doing a lot of cross promotion with you guys and, and Brian and Dwayne from Tinsel Tunes. And so your name kind of gets out there and stirred around. But I think that's the best thing about the Christmas podcast network is, when one of our shows does well, we all do well because mm-hmm. because of the cross promotion and because of the fact that even still there are relatively few Christmas podcasts. So if somebody finds a Christmas podcast they'll like, they'll search for other ones and we'll all pop up. Right. So I think def- all of our shows definitely help one another. Definitely does. And I can only think of maybe a handful that are Christmas that aren't involved with our show's right now in uh, uh i won't say the name but one of them is the podcast that inspired us <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> but if, if i'm thinking who you're thinking of they kind of took off like a rocket so hark not oh, that out. yeah it was hark yeah. Yeah, hark okay yeah them no hallmark oh. took off like a rocket yeah hallmark yep yeah, that's the one i was thinking they took off like a rocket lord bless them that's a big commitment. <laughs> that is a big commitment. <laughs> that is a, Speaking know, of big commitments, when are you committing to doing a uh, weekly? <laughs> when are you committing <laughs> to go weekly? Oh, I don't know if I could go weekly. Hmm. Wait, so when you said Brian Earl's going year round, is he doing yep. it weekly? No, 52? he's no Brian. He's going year round. Um, he's going to do two episodes a month. One is going to be him doing something. I think he's going to save the Christmas past stuff for closer to the holidays, but he, a lot of people seem to like his narration of uh, different Christmas stories, things like that. And I think he's going to have some guests on just kind of whatever he feels like that month. And then the other episode is going to be Chantel from all things Christmas. And she's going to be doing like a uh, Christmas around the world episode where he explores Christmas uh, traditions from different parts of the world. Nice. Yeah. That's uh, so that's why he's got playing. Which, well, since you brought it up, Festivus and the airing of grievances, <laughs> I won't. I won't talk about the uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" episode because I haven't heard it all yet. But I'll save that for next Festivus. <laughs> I mean, air your grievances. For, I mean, t- 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 Tom will Tom will listen to this. Air your grievances. You know, he he got it wrong. It's not a Christmas movie. Well, from what I heard, and the only argument I heard for it not being a Christmas movie is it's a wonderful life could happen at any time during the year. Yeah, but here's here's my here's here's my counterpoint to that. You believe like I do that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Correct. Die Hard could happen at any other time in the year. So, so you didn't finish listening to the episode? Nope. So 
But, I've got to praise my fantastic co-host Julia, who, uh-huh. who who uses Die Hard as an example. Okay, and she explains exactly why it's a Wonderful Life isn't a Christmas movie, and why to her Die Hard is, and why it has to involve Christmas. And she does it perfectly, and she admits it's a line, it's a fine mm-hmm. line, uh-huh. but she hits the nail on the head. And so eloquently in her Julia-esque way, like she always does, explains it perfectly without stuttering. So I'll just say to you, you and Tom are wrong, and <laughs> go finish that episode and let yeah. Julia tell you why well, exactly. I will. I will. I'll definitely finish that episode tomorrow. And I don't want to get into it without knowing all the facts, uh, so the listeners know. Back in August or so, me and Anthony attempted to do a non-Christmas podcast we only got one episode in but scheduling was was too crazy for us to finish uh called podcast called off-centered where we decided to talk politics instead of Christmas and we had one episode and I really liked it and we would love to have done more but the scheduling was a little bit too crazy so we decided just to table the thought for maybe a later time so just to pull the curtain back too uh like for our listeners for your listeners but uh listeners of Christmas podcasts in general. That was a bad time of year because those of us in the Christmas podcast uh, world know that August is really when you start actually getting busy because you're right, right at the cusp of the Burr month, which is really the countdown to mm-hmm. Christmas. And from really from Christmas in July through the end of the year, your numbers just go up, 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 and up. Uh-huh. And you get busier and busier and you have to really prioritize that show because that's when you, that's when you want to all these new listeners are finding you and you mm. want to kind of keep them yeah i don't know what we were thinking trying to launch in august <laughs> i don't either but in the, the spirit of off-centered was it was two guys that maybe don't agree on everything politically but coming together in a diplomatic format and just discussing it without getting uh, vile or phrase we used was you know we could talk politics but still go out to dinner and have a good time kind of thing. So in spirit of that, I will table my It's a Wonderful Life until I have all the information on it. (laughs) And once you have all the information on it, I will gladly accept another invitation onto your show and be told I am correct. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. So let's move on to one I do have all the information on, Arthur Christmas. I knew you were going to bring this one up. (laughs) The only thing I'm going to say about Arthur Christmas, it was like your fourth, fifth, sixth episode, somewhere in there. Yep. And since then, you guys have watched a lot of bad Christmas movies. Yes. I watched many hours of Christmas movies. I wish I could get back. (laughs) And all I'm saying is I'm sure your perspective has changed and you need to see it again with, with your eyes that have been tainted by really bad Christmas movies. Okay, but but here's here's the thing. I mean, it's been it's been a while since I listened to that episode, mm-hmm. and I don't want to sound like one of these pretentious guys who goes and yeah. listens to all my back episodes all the time <laughs> because I don't. But I listen when I'm when it's my turn to edit, and I listen when it drops, and then that's really it. If I remember correctly. I said, I recognize, I said that I recognize it is a good movie that's well made. It's, just, it's like a, it's like a decent, it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's a technology thing. Like you want, uh-huh. 
we did an episode recently on prep and landing. Right. They do the technology thing a whole uh, lot better. Right. And Noel does the whole Santa lineage a whole lot better. And you know how I know that? Because when I watched that movie, I didn't think of Arthur Christmas once <laughs> until our good friend Jerry commented in our Facebook group. I'm surprised nobody mentioned the similarities to Arthur Christmas. I thought to myself, oh, yeah, it's because she did it correctly. The technology thing in Arthur Christmas, that movie was an anti-technology the movie is more about it doesn't want the techie Santa and it doesn't it's restoring Santa to what he should be because you have the you have the goofy bumbling Santa, then you have the Santa that's all into the tech and it's all about the numbers and efficiency in which you could get out of presence. And then you have the Santa that's living for that one last glory, but it's it's all coming together to restore Santa to what he should be, and that's delivering one gift if there's only just one child in in the magic of christmas yeah you're 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 not wrong it's just i don't want to watch a movie about like a teenage hairless santa who is traveling around with an older former santa who is so old he looks like jafar when he's described <laughs> when he's uh disguised as that merchant who tricks aladdin and I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> that, that movie is not for me, man. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we did revisit four movies this past year. Maybe yeah. Arthur Christmas. I mean, I don't know if Tom will want to because he's not a fan of that movie either. <laughs> but I'm sure Julia wouldn't mind if we revisited uh, that one again. There's a there's a line from Arthur Christmas that gets uh, that gets said in our household quite a bit, and it, it and it's. Uh, it's when he's trying to get away from the, the lions in Africa and he's, and he's singing to him and he sings the, he goes, I know this is mental, but that's all that I have. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so we, we say that around the house quite a bit. So I, I really like Arthur Christmas. And I, I think a lot of it is a nostalgia thing because I saw it with the kids when they were a lot younger than what they are now. And, and the, they, their reaction to it, I think uh, spread to me. So there's a lot of, a lot of sentiment in that movie for, for me yeah not, i mean i was so excited to see that movie initially and then i saw it and i looked at walked out like so unhappy <laughs> and every time i'm hard on a movie nowadays and rank it below arthur christmas and it's a movie tom and julia like they're like oh, really yeah. below arthur christmas uh, yeah i die inside a little bit too <laughs> <laughs> Did you see FX's new version of A Christmas Carol? Not yet. I, it's one I'll have to watch uh, after the kids go to bed. So, yeah, we're recording our episode on that tomorrow. Okay, I'll try so. to get it watched this week. I tr- I try to get them watched or at least, but yep. I haven't I haven't seen the new. There's a few I haven't seen the new Christmas Carol yet. Um, I didn't see all the new Netflix ones. I did see the. I know you guys will be talking about later that. The Klaus that was on Netflix, I did see that one this year. What did you think of that one? I I quite enjoyed it. I wasn't like I wouldn't like. Uh, Your wife's a smart woman. <laughs> it was fine. Your wife's a smart woman. Yeah. yeah. It, I ask her for me. Why didn't she like it? Why didn't you like it? She just said because it, it didn't seem like Santa Claus. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Tell her I am in one hundred percent agreement with her. Anthony agrees with you a hundred percent. I appreciated the, the, the attempt of the myth, 
It didn't. It didn't have enough Christmas feel. It didn't look. It didn't look like Christmas. See, I'm gonna spoil this for people who listen to both of our shows, but it's not a Christmas movie. So, and I know Tom and Julia both like it. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Actually, I don't know what Julia thinks. I know Tom really likes it, so I don't want to put words into her mouth. Yeah. But that's yeah, so that one when we cover it will be uh, another <laughs> one where. <laughs> We're trolling one another hard. Yeah. Well, that's, I've said this before. That's one thing I like about this podcast is it's like, I never know which, which one of you three is going to like a movie or not like it just based on the title. Usually, you know, you kind of get a feel once you listen to people long enough, it's like, okay, you'll know what's coming up if, if they'll like it. And sometimes you guys, you still surprise me on what you like and don't like. Well, we have TV month coming up. And Julia picked Brooklyn Nine Nine. Tom picked uh-huh. Frasier, and I picked Veep. Uh-huh. So next time I'm on, if you want guys want to do a uh, TV one, I'll pick the middle. Oh, the middle has good ones. Oh my I, gosh! I was gonna pick every. I was gonna pick Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, those are good I'm, too. I'm saving that for later <laughs> in the year. The reason I picked Veep was because of the calendar. It's it would be dropping on President's Day, so I was like, oh, oh. Well, I might as well yeah. do that. That works. That works. Well, the Goldbergs is good too. They have a lot of good Christmas episodes. So, do they? Yeah, they do. They have one where they cross Christmas and Hanukkah, and it's hilarious. Yes, I, I used to watch the Goldbergs all the time. Mm-hmm. I like that show. Well, they probably have probably the OC. The OC. Do you remember the OC? Uh-huh. Had those Christmaca episodes. Yeah. I used to like those episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for later in the year, it's a little bit of a spoiler, a little bit of a teaser, but later in the year, I am. Tempting to uh, get a, uh, a rabbi on to, to have an episode just on Hanukkah. That's an awesome and, idea. Yeah, and we uh, um we were asked because, and this is something that surprised me too. As our podcast went on, we've got like purely Jewish listeners, mm-hmm. not like half Jewish, half Christian, purely Jewish who just listen to it because they enjoy the show, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, a few of them have written in asking us if we could cover a. Hanukkah special or a Hanukkah movie at some point. Mm-hmm. And so far we've only done eight crazy nights, which I feel is not yeah. fair to our <laughs> listeners. Yeah. So uh we've been talking about maybe doing a proper one this yeah. year too. Hallmark Especially because a, I think Hallmark had one last year. That, right? Well they had two la- they had two last year. One was better than the other, but I couldn't tell you their titles right now for nothing. Double holiday, I think, was the best one, if I remember right. I will and, be messaging you when we cover it and be like, please let me know which one is the better one. Yeah, it's yeah. a Hallmark movie. I mean, I'm not saying it's fantastic, but just saying it's better than the other one. You know, I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. At times. The the actor, the, the the male lead in that, he's he's one of those that's usually pretty good in everything he's in. It is a Hallmark movie, so you have to have to deal with the, the cliches and things that they all yep. have. So they're doing something right, apparently. So. <laughs> yes they are <laughs> that's like the dream job right like just work on christmas films like all year round oh man yeah you know <clears throat> reading those guys those guys put those movies out so fast it's it's silly that the turnaround they well, i guess you have to when you're making 40 plus in it is it is it really silly the turnaround though i've said this before on our show is it really silly? They literally take one script and find and replace the names, the locations, and the careers. Well, that's the script writing, but you still have to do the sets and 
and all that. And you still have, you know, no matter what you think of them, they always look like a million dollars. You know, the, I, the, the, I'm going to say that I'm going to say this Christmas in July when they're airing all those movies again for the month. Uh-huh. I want you to watch, like spend a weekend watching a bunch back to back. And you tell me how many sets they actually have. Because I guarantee you, they recycle the same five oh, sets. Well, I'll agree with that. Because so there was a uh, one Christmas movie this year had a, like a special piece of art that the, the lead's dad had painted. And it was like a big deal for some reason. And then someone else spotted the same painting in, as just a wall hanging in someone else's movie. Uh-huh. I know you're not crazy about Hallmark, but I, I got to ask you this. I will sit down and watch a Hallmark Christmas movie and be fine. But when it's a winter movie or a Valentine's movie or the Harvest Festival or whatever season it is and it's Hallmark, I can't do it. I just, I'm the same. I'm the same way. <laughs> like, I know I'm, I'm harsh on Hallmark movies and I'm harsh on a lot of the movies we cover purely because our show is looking at your rating movies with a critical eye. Right. I think Tom says in most of the three of us that like he used to love a bunch of these movies so much uh-huh. more, but when you watch them with a critical eye, Oh yeah. Uh, but so like, I still get joy out of these Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. It's just that I can't, I can't say they're good movies. Yeah. Well, I can watch the winter ones more than the, than the others because they still, kind of have a feeling of Christmas to them with all the snow and things that they do. But yep. But once it gets to Valentine's day until next Christmas, I don't know. There, there's summer ones. They're the ones I can't stand. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I can handle Thanksgiving sometimes. Freeform yeah. just did their first original Thanksgiving movie, Turkey drop mm-hmm. this past year. And that was actually pretty entertaining. I kind of wanted to do that for a Patreon episode. Oh, this year. I need to check it out. It's not inspired by, uh, WKRP Starkey Drop, was it? I don't think so. I don't know if you're old enough to, to, to know that reference. I I know I know I know the reference. The <laughs> Turkey Drop, they did it based on the you know, the uh, urban dictionary meaning of when two college high school sweethearts come up for their first semester of oh. college, one of them drops the other, breaks up with the oh, other okay. Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, when someone says turkey drop, I think of Les Nessman and then his play-by-play of all the turkeys falling out of the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I know what I know what you're saying about that critical eye. Um, when I was in college, I had to take a literature credit. I'm a fairly slow reader, and so I just didn't want to be bound by all these books. I really didn't want to read and had to. And I noticed that the uh, art of film was there for a literature credit. So I'm like, oh, I, I can definitely watch some movies. It's probably the best class I ever took in college for that semester and learned so much about film and, you know, editing and writing and all that stuff. It took me several years not to be able to, like, sit back and watch a silly movie and just enjoy it for what it was without just ripping it to shreds, you know, <laughs> for lack of character development or whatever, you know. It's, it, it helped me to fall in love with older movies and in black and white movies too, which I still enjoy. Uh, don't watch oh, them. Oh yeah, me too. Not, don't get to watch them as as much as uh, I'd like, but I still do. In fact, today you talked about Rear Rear Window, and that's one we watched in 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 the class we had, and just just love that movie. 
with Jimmy I Stewart. Yeah, it's so creepy. And well, they breathe. I mean, Disturbia was basically a remake of that film. Right. Right. And I honestly like that movie too. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, it does have a Christmas tie because the neighbor that plays the piano, I think, is responsible for the music of the Chipmunks. Oh, really? I believe so. If I remember correctly, I'll have to look that up. And for our listeners, I'll look I'll look that up and clarify it. The neighbor that plays the piano is the original Dave from Alvin and the Chipmunks, and he's the one that wrote it and maybe created it. If he didn't create it, he was a performer of some kind, but I'll, I'll get that clarified. That's later awesome. On. Yeah. It, it cracked me up too, that the, your two favorite Jimmy Stewart movies were both Alfred Hitchcock movies. So. Oh yeah. I, I, Hitchcock <laughs> was a genius. Yeah, he definitely was. So I remember watching his, he had a TV show run in the mid eighties as a kid. And I remember watching that and just, it, it was just so creepy and weird. It wasn't scary, you know, but it was just, it, what was it? Was it? Some, Alfred Hitchcock. He had a, a TV oh. run in the eighties. Um, yep. For a short time, and there's a couple. Of, there's one episode that I still talk about today, and tell the kid. I try to tell kids this short story, and won't get into it here, and just to weird them out. It's just you know, I was probably seven, eight, nine years old, somewhere in there. In the so, early eighties. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't even a thought in my parents. I know. Every episode, Anthony gets an age joke. Cause. Every episode. <laughs> so for context, what scared me growing up in the 90s was Nickelodeon's Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> Do you remember that? Did your kids watch that? Or that's no, still too that's, old that's, for your kids? That's, that's too old, old for your kids. That's too old for my kids. And by the 90s rolled around, I wasn't watching much Nickelodeon. They remade, remade. Are you afraid of the dark or remaking for afraid of the dark from Nickelodeon? And I read one of the reviews, and they say it's actually pretty scary, even for like adult standards. So I want to check it out. But there was one episode of that show, I'll never forget it. It was called the uh, what was? I don't know what it's called. It's it something called Quicksilver, but the monster would appear in the dark, and he uh, he kind of looked like. In retrospect now, you Google him, and he doesn't look much different than Billy Butcherson from Hocus Pocus. Uh-huh. He just looks a little creepier than that, and it terrified me. <laughs> I watched this broad daylight during the summer in air condition, went to bed then that night, and I think a combination of that episode, the fact I got sick that night, like a fever, like I woke up in the middle of the night, thought he was in my room, could not get back to sleep, started like getting physically sick uh-huh. like i was scared of that monster for uh-huh. like ages and now i google an image of him and i'm i'm sure it's quicksilver so for your listeners if you want to check out what scarred me as a child <laughs> are you afraid of the dark quicksilver monster and i think that's it and uh oh it was yeah oh we also had uh unsolved mysteries Oh, I love them solve mysteries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like and I, I, it's like you hear the theme song, you get the crease. But yeah, watching that is you know that eight that nine years song, old. Yeah, I used to watch that when I was homesick from school. <laughs> yeah. Back by the time a lot of the mysteries were solved because they're from right. all the eighties, right? They were the eighties, but that still creep me out. Like, yeah. well, he, when his when voice I, and the music, like, oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, when when I was watching it, it was all brand new, and it was dark outside because it's primetime TV, and it's like, oh, Unsolved Mysteries is over, time to go to bed. <laughs> it's like, uh, really? <laughs> well, oh, well, that's the thing. Like, you know what? Always, and it still gives me the creeps to this day when I hear it. I have to change the channel. I think I might mention this on our show once, so you might know where we're going with this. But it's uh, when you turn on the news... And it's like, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Like, every time the news guy asks me that, and they're, like, showing up, they're flashing the photos, the stylized images of, like, missing children. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah. It still, like, terrifies me. <laughs> a little insight on me. I scare pretty easy. So I'm not a big, like, horror genre fan. But I so do like. Not, were you a fan of the new It movies? Hadn't seen them. Oh, I, I know. So good. I just know they better. so good. But I do like creepy and thrilling like uh one of my like psychological thrillers yes yes a debate me my me and my wife have a lot is i love the movie signs uh, with mel gibson and and uh, yokin phoenix and i think it's i think it's suspenseful and thrilling and she says it's scary and i'm like it's not scary it's suspenseful and thrilling i uh, would agree with you yeah. on that one so i like that stuff and 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 the blatant horror i shy away from because uh i'm not too proud to admit that i can be a big chicken sometimes you know <laughs> i i you know what i used to be like that i um i did i did like growing up it was uh in sixth grade my friends were talking about the first scream movie mm-hmm. and i was like you know sixth grade just started middle school i was like mom dad let me watch it come on it's right mm-hmm. our who cares they're like, fine. So I always used to stay up late on weekends. So I go down to my basement, to the basement like I always used to, mm-hmm. shut the lights, get ready for this movie. Mind you, I'm not a horror movie fan. I put mm-hmm. it in. You've seen Scream, right? Yep, yep. I remember Scream. I've seen it. The first, for, those movies aren't really that scary. They're more no. satire. Right. But the first 10 minutes of mm-hmm. the first Scream film, when he's stalking Drew Barrymore. Yeah. That hangs her from that tree. That yeah. that scene is still terrifying. Mm-hmm. And when I first saw that in sixth grade, <laughs> the minute like they zoom in on her lifeless body hanging from the tree, I'm like, mm-hmm. nope, shut it off and like run upstairs and like go hide under the cover. Yeah. See that? Yeah, that first ten minutes of Scream is fantastic. It's so good, but I think it ruins the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie just can't compete with it slashers don't bother me a whole lot it's, i don't know it's just, i'm just picky i guess on my own on the scary stuff i watch i liked quiet place quite a bit but that was the that second scary. one looks awesome yeah it does i just a quiet place by yeah. the way fun fact shot 10 minutes from where i live oh really we had um here locally in southeast missouri gone girl was filmed here uh, basically oh, that's a good movie. and uh, I, love, I love that book was a lot better than, yeah. <laughs> than the movie you, though usually is and in fact uh, ben affleck was in in town when he found out he was going to be batman oh (laughs) for the listeners that don't know anthony's a big batman fan (laughs) yeah i am and i have high high hopes for robert pattinson i saw that uh that christian bale is in talks to be in uh thor thor as beta ray bill yeah awesome yeah but, uh, I saw in London they just started shooting the Batman today. Set pictures are starting leaking online. 
did uh, Matthew McConaughey get the Two Face role? I've seen that. I think. Uh, I do not think so. Okay. So they haven't re- revealed who's playing Two Face, yeah. but they revealed that uh, Peter Skarsgård is in the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, they haven't said who he's playing. So a lot of people think he's playing him. Andy Especially Circus. Andy Circus playing Alfred. Yes, that's going to be great. That's wait, wait, hold on. What? Hold on. What did you say? I said that's going to be great. Uh, oh yeah, that's very the, different take on Alfred yeah, too. That's that's the one thing that I didn't like about the Black Panther was I think I can spoil it. It's been out long enough. Is when they killed off Andy Circus's Claw. It's like he was so fantastic as Claw, and it's like he should have kept him around for, for some more. He's he's so good and just about it. About it. Well, I, I don't know if I've seen him in anything. I didn't think he was fantastic in. I'm truth. just so excited because I've always wanted a Batman film where it's not an origin. Right. It's not towards the end of his career. Right. He's in his prime. His villains already exist. Mm-hmm. He has relationships with them already. Right. And that seems to be what we're getting because the Riddler's right. in it, the Penguin, Catwoman, Two Face. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. So are they doing a. Do they do the, we know the story yet? Is it they doing like a an Arkham? The rumor is that uh, because Matt Reese says he wanted tr- he wanted a a detective noir story. Oh yeah, uh, to really show off the detective skills, world's yeah. greatest detective. So a great. lot of people think he's doing some kind of adaptation of the Long Halloween. Right. Oh, that'd be good. Which would be awesome because yeah. uh, a we could cover it at Christmas because Christmas is one of the holidays that graphic novel covers yeah and be uh i'm a sucker for any film set on any holiday honestly right. just the fact that that's my favorite batman graphic novel in general just because it has all his villains in it mm-hmm. it's a proper detective story it's not like he has to save the world type story it's very intimate stakes and that's my world sounds like that that's the right approach it's like uh, when when marvel teamed up with sony to make the tom holland spider-man it's like we don't need to see him get bit by a spider again you're be wasting everybody's time. We've seen it. We've seen it enough. You know. There are two, maybe three superheroes. We never have to see their origins again. Right. Batman. Uh-huh. I do not need to see his parents get shot again or those nope. pearls fall onto the ground. Again. Right. They, they did a comp- that. <laughs> and Joker, they even right. did that. Right. Which was an incredible movie, by the way. Yeah. There's a compilation on YouTube that edits together all the different Wayne murders. And uh, I mean, it's hilarious and it shouldn't be hilarious, but it's not the point now. It's happened so right. many times. Like we never have to see that again. We never have to see the sp- uh, uncle Ben die again or the spider biting. Him again. Right. And maybe, 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 maybe we never have to see Krypton exploding again. Even if you're not a superhero fan, those three origins are common enough knowledge that even the general audience doesn't need to see it. Right. No. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with I'd agree with that. And I, I'm glad they're going to lead in more to the detective stuff because even the Batman movies, you know, recent years, as good as they were, it was more gadget based, and it was like basically John Wick with gadgets, you know. Right. And uh, I even joked about the. Uh, Mandalorian being John Wick in space, you know. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so I just want to see. I don't know. I just, I just want a. I don't know. I want a good Batman movie. Yeah. I want by the end of this trilogy to have seen a bunch of his villains. Like I want Matt Reeves take on the Joker. I want Mister mm-hmm. Free, a good Mister Freeze. I want right. Poison Ivy. 
the bar has been set with Batman with the animated series. That I got last Christmas. Yeah. So 2018, I got that whole series on Blu-ray. And it it seemed to do everything so well. It's like, it's almost like that's what the movies are competing to do. Well, Batman, I always felt was better for long form storytelling like Mm -hmm. TV. Yeah. I, I will never understand why Warner Brothers, who owns HBO, does not do a Batman TV show on yeah. HBO, like a dark, gritty version. Right. Because you have characters like Harvey Dent, who you could really fall in love with over three seasons before he becomes a villain. Right. You have characters like, or like Harley Quinn, who's a mm. doctor, who's this innocent woman who you could get to know over two seasons before the Joker sadly breaks her. Mm. Like, it's... And Batman himself, he could go from the inexperienced detective to the father figure when he takes in Robin to, you know, eventually joining the Justice League. Like, it's so, it's made for TV. And, like, HBO would do such a good job. Yeah. That, definitely, especially if they lean into that detective uh, angle. You know, they could at least do a three-part movie series where the, the story is more continuous than a normal trilogy of movies would be to where they, yeah. you know, to where it's a, it's hard to have a really good whodunit in a couple hours, you know, cause uh, feel- knives out, knives out. If you have not seen knives out, see yeah. it. Cause it was amazing. Yeah. I heard it. I heard it's really good. And like I said, it, it's not impossible, but it's really hard, especially, oh, especially with something like Batman, when you have to get in the action scenes and you got to have a good chase scene in there. You, know, you always have to have the Batmobile scene. Yeah, it's almost like Hallmark movies where you have to have the same scenes in every Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to you got to work those in there, and yep. uh, and so that leaves that leaves the story less room to to work and to be to be fleshed out completely, and then things can tend to be hurried after that. So. I hope in this new trilogy, this new iteration, they do Robin. Yeah. Like I hope he's in the second one. And they uh, really do him properly. Because I go yeah. back and watch Batman Forever. And at the time, uh, I really liked Chris O'Donnell. But it's so funny watching that movie because they play him like he's a teenager. Uh-huh. Commissioner Gordon literally says to Val Kilmer, he's a ward of the state now. And I think to myself, he's a ward of the state. The guy's uh-huh. clearly 30 years old. Like, what do you mean he's a ward of the state? Like, yeah. he's no worse than now. <laughs> yeah, especially now, it seems like we have a pretty good amount of actual kid actors you know, that, that seemed like Well, I know Chris Nolan never wanted to do Robin like properly Robin, mm-hmm. like a kid actor, because he thought right. there was no way he could make it look not ridiculous to have a 12-year-old jumping around rooftops with a grown mm-hmm. man at night. Right. I mean, I feel if you make him 16, maybe not 12, but like 16, right. like rebellious teenage age, like that could work. Yeah. I mean, and that kid that played like uh, Arsenal in the Arrow series, he was... He was, yeah. young. he was younger, and it didn't seem silly. Did you watch Crisis on Infinite Earths, by the way? No, no I didn't. I got, I got a <sighs> list as long as my leg of stuff I need to watch. Brandon Ruth's <laughs> Return of Superman was yeah. so freaking good. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed him as Superman. I did, too. So, that movie gets a bum rap. I like that does. movie. I, I liked I Spacey too. as Luther, too. Yes. Yes, I did, too. That movie was really intriguing, and, and I, I really liked it quite a bit. And that's yep. sad it didn't do any better than what it did. I got a couple of questions here before I, before I let you go, Anthony. And this is going to be off the top of your head, and I'll give you a few minutes to think about it. 
couple uh, desert island quote uh, questions here. Okay. All right. The first one is if you're on a desert island and you can only pick one director's library of movies, you have to take all the good ones and all the bad ones. Which director would you pick? Are we just talking Christmas movies or in general? Movies in general. That's like a Sophie's choice for me between Christopher Columbus, mm-hmm. Chris Columbus, or Steven Spielberg. Part of me wants to lean toward Chris Columbus mm-hmm. purely because his movies are more fun. And if I'm stranded on like more just easygoing, like uh-huh. Mrs. Doubtfire, my favorite comedy of all time. Uh-huh. But Steven Spielberg, I mean, the man's done. Yeah, so it would be one of those two for sure. Uh, can't go wrong with either one. Plus, Chris, you know what? I'll give the edge to Chris Columbus because it's a Christmas yeah. podcast and I'd get the both home alone movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The two that matter anyway. So. The two that matter. <laughs> the two that Disney Plus removed. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Same question, but this time you have to pick an actor or actress. That is really hard. Uh, you have to take the good movies so, and you uh, have to take the bad ones. <laughs> does it include any TV shows they've also been on? Sure. Anything they did. If they're if they're on the IMDB then, then I'll do it. I'll go Steve Carell because I would get every season of The Office <laughs> that and matters. he's turned into a serious freaking actor. Yeah. So like I'd have some good content there. Oh yeah. You you definitely would. At least you have the office. I would have all the office that matters. All the office that matters, that's right. Season nine wasn't bad. But you had to get through season eight to get there. So hey, I'd still get the finale. The finale yeah. was great. Yeah, that's true. You do get the finale. This is this is gonna sound real silly, but the finale, the fact that Dwight actually got to fire Jim just about made me cry. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that he got to do that. I and know, he did it for I, a good reason. Too. I know. That's like I looked at looked at my wife and it's like Dwight finally got to fire Jim like he's Always wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Have you been listening to the Office Ladies podcast? Uh, it, that podcast is so good. I want to um, just hang out with them. I want to get started on their show. I know. <laughs> I, don't, I, know, I know what you mean. They'll probably get blocked on Twitter. but <laughs> <laughs> I know their show is edited, but I'd like, I'd like to hear an unedited version because I'm sure they go on and on and on and on. Oh, me know, too. So. And it's so funny just knowing they hated each other on the show, like their characters uh-huh. that close to their real life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you get on and you watch like the bloopers to the office and it's like, you see everybody break in and stuff. And then you realize, you know, that, uh, Rain Wilson and, and, uh, and John, Jim, John, yeah, they're, they're like great buddies. And you're like, you guys can't be great friends. You, yep. <laughs> you know, so, but, oh yeah. All right. All right, Anthony. Well, thanks for joining me here on Christmas Clatter. And, uh, Thank we'll put, you. And uh, for those interested, you guys can go to uh, tisthepodcast.com and have all the links to their social medias there. You can find them on any podcast platform. And uh, if you're really suffering from Christmas withdrawals, they have, would it be four years this year? So Three. Three years this year. So you have two and basically two and a half years of content you can get caught up on. So you'll have plenty, plenty of Christmas spirit to, to get you uh, through spring anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thanks a lot, Anthony. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. 
Thanks again, Anthony, for joining Christmas Clatter Podcast. Just to clarify that about Rear Window, the uh, piano player in the movie, The Neighbor, was played by Ross Bagdasarian. Mr. Bagdasarian's stage name was David Seville. He was the creator and writer of Alvin and the Chipmunks. And it seems like no Christmas is complete without the Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas album. Let's move on to our most wonderful talent of the month. It's the most wonderful talent of the month. They'll be comedians for joking, narrators for narrating, artists putting on a show. It's the most wonderful talent of the month. It's the most wonderful talent of the month. There'll be instruments a-playing and carolers singing all the songs that we know. It's the most wonderful talent. It's the most wonderful talent. It's the most wonderful talent of the month. Our talent this month comes to us from North Florida, Mr. Roy Peak. Roy reached out to me after being encouraged by our mutual friend, Old Man Freak Boy, to send me his original song called Christmas Time. So without any further ado, here is Christmas Time by Roy Peak. Oh, Christmas time is the slowest time, the slowest time of the year. Oh, Christmas time is the slowest time, the slowest time of the year. Oh, Christmas time is the slowest time The slowest time of the year When you're not here Christmas time is the saddest time The saddest time of the year Oh, Christmas time is the saddest time The saddest time of the year Oh, Christmas time is the saddest time The saddest time of the year When you're not here Oh, Christmas time is the loneliest time The loneliest time of the year Oh, Christmas time is the loneliest time, the loneliest time of the year. Oh, Christmas time is the loneliest time, the loneliest time of the year when you're not here. Well, I drive around alone and look at all. Christmas lights. I call you on the phone, but I just can't admit you're right. Perhaps by New Year's Day, I'll find a way to change my mind. It wasn't you. 
For listening to Christmas Clatter Podcast, please join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Email us at Christmas Clatter Podcast at gmail.com. You can call, leave a text at 573-290-2477. Visit us online at Christmas Clatter Podcast.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star review on Facebook, Apple Podcasts, and if you'd like to buy the podcast a cup of coffee, visit us at coffee, ko-fi.com slash Christmas Clatter Podcast, and as always, keep Christmas hope alive every day. Thank you for listening to the Christmas Podcast Network.